This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of A Star Wars Journey with Ashley and Brandy. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brandy. And tonight, we have a very special guest with us. Brandy, would you like to do the honors on introducing our guest? Absolutely. We're so pleased to have Brad from The Scare of Scuttlebutt and one half of our Red 5 Network. So, welcome, Brad. Well, thank you for that. Uh, it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, I love what you're doing so far with the podcast. Uh, I think uh, very special is debatable. It depends on uh, who you ask, um, but uh, but I'll take it nonetheless. And uh, I wanted to thank you for inviting me on. Uh, always great uh, to uh, have an excuse to rewatch the Clone Wars. I've rewatched it a couple times now, um, but it had been a while since uh, I couldn't remember what exactly happened in season two. I actually got. Uh, I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but anyway, I got it confused. I'm like, Oh, I, I think it starts off this way. And I wasn't that excited about it. And then I realized, Oh wait, no season two starts off completely differently. And those are some great yes. stories that happened in season two. Uh, so, uh, was excited uh, to come on and, uh, talk with you ladies. And, uh, yeah, this season's, uh, it, it's a, it's a doozy. So, uh, excited to come on and talk about it. We're really excited to have you, Brad. And just a little information about The Scare of Scuttlebutt. It's an excellent podcast. You should definitely check it out. Brad and Roe are great hosts. And uh, it's it's part of my regimen. So definitely check it out. That is great to hear. Thank you for that. Um, so we're going to go ahead and... Well, actually, before we get started with the episodes that we watched, uh, Brandy, do you have any Star Wars news to discuss? I do. We have quite a bit of uh, news. You're probably going to scold me for this. We have quite a bit to talk about. Okay. Um, first, uh, Tamora Morrison is confirmed uh, to be appearing in both Kenobi uh, as a clone trooper and maybe Ahsoka as Rex. Okay. So that's that's going to be something to look forward to. Um, and of course, everything that's been going on with Twitter, I, I know that we've already discussed it privately, but the Soraya Wilson interview with Ryan Johnson, we have to talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Brad, we're big Ryan Johnson fans. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'll be fully honest and, and open here. Um, I, uh, you know, his previous work before The Last Jedi, uh, like uh, Looper, uh, I, I liked his work and uh, actually went to the Star Wars Celebration Orlando um, that year before oh, wow. um, before the Last Jedi came out. He was there, and um, I, I just I, I didn't get a chance to personally meet him uh, or get an introduction or anything like that. But uh, I know there's people waiting there, you know, all night to you know because they were going to be on that panel or get to see that panel about the Last Jedi. And I remember that he um, stayed up all night. And uh, just took pictures with everybody and signed autographs and everything for everybody that was waiting in line. And uh, and you could just That's see so that awesome. he loved uh, to be part of that. Now, yes, uh, you, you you know, Roe and I don't make our, our uh, feelings too secret. Um, neither one of us particularly cared for The Last Jedi um, just because of some of the directions it took. Sure. Um, but as right. far as... Um, him, I think he truly does love being part of the Star Wars community. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, the problem with that we've had with the sequel trilogy um, is just it felt disjointed to us. It felt like it went in, you know, three different directions. Oh, we agree with and that, don't we, Brandy? If, you know, yeah. And if. Yeah, that absolutely. Yeah. And if, if J.J. had had his, you know, an entire trilogy to himself. Uh, with one vision, I think that would have worked better. Mm -hmm. But perhaps Ryan Johnson, if he gets the whole trilogy to himself and he gets to have his his voice, his vision throughout the whole thing, uh, you know, I'll I'll keep my uh, skepticism uh, as as low as I can uh, until I see it. So, you know, I, I have you know issues with the sequel trilogy as a whole. But uh, like I said, I, I think he does love being a part of the we Star do Wars too. community. Yeah, we we do too. We we don't try to hide our feelings about it either. But I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Brad, about him having um, the Star Wars trilogy because that is con confirmed through Soraya that he is still he still has that on the back burner. Um, so we'll hopefully be seeing more from him and, uh, hopefully it'll be something new and inventive, but still in keeping with the spirit of Star Wars and something that will really honor the universe. Um, 
he also, I don't know, Brad, Brad, if you're going to care about this or not, but he also told Soraya that um, Raylo was in the in his mind for the entire time. Um, that he he quote said that they were meant to be romantic and intimate from the very beginning, and uh, he absolutely saw them as a romance. So that's from Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brad has so, no comment on that. <laughs> well, I, so I mean, stars is notoriously bad for the way they um, uh, they build these relationships, uh, and I feel sorry for the way they write some of the female characters. Like it's just the way they do it. Um, you know, stars uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. I have issues with that, not because of Padme's character. Or Anakin's character, oh, just yeah. George's writing on that one. Uh, you know, like he he oh, gosh, literally yeah. said he I, I just killed a whole village, uh, and she's like, okay, you know, do you want some blue milk and cookies to make you feel better? Um, you know, right? And, and it's like, oh, uh, yeah. He just told you he he committed uh, mass murder, and and somehow they still fall in love right after that. So you know, I don't hold it against the characters. It's just the writing. They have a real hard, uh, hard time with these relationships, and I think it's the same thing with with Raylo. I think they could have been a thing, but yeah, at the same time, he was um, he was a genocidal maniac um, per the movies. So it's you know, it's hard to have those two in parallel with each other. But I don't I don't knock Raylos. You know, if that's your thing, you know, if you want to see that, and you know, hey, more power to you. Well, just just a warning, Brad. Too, I, I just wanted to warn you that we sort of stumbled upon something unexpectedly last night, didn't oh, we, Brandy? Oh yes, we no. did. Yes, um, and we'll we'll get into that later. But just I'm just warning you Uh-oh. that the shipper, you know, fangirl is going to come out in both of us. So we'll try to hone it down as best we can, so we can have a fruitful we'll, discussion. We'll try to maintain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm here for it. Ro, 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 and, Ro and I love to have those discussions on, on the scuttlebutt. You know, the, the more opinions, the better. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and Brad, not to, you brought up Attack of the Clones, but not to get off topic here, but do you think that's the, the worst written Star Wars movie? Because I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, for, for me, uh, episode eight and episode two are always in the running for me for the bottom, but I'll be honest with you. I yeah. put, I put eight above two, two is at the very bottom for me just cause it's, oh, it's, it's cringeworthy. Uh, start to finish. It's very cringeworthy. There's so many cringy moments. Remember uh, when we first watched it again, Brandy, I said, I think this is only the second or third time I've ever seen this movie because <laughs> I couldn't stand it the first time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so really bad. bad. I, I fast forward to the, I mean, thank God we all have it on digital right? now. Um, just, it's it just cringy. from, from the very, from the first moment, from the first minute when the ship explodes, it's bad. Um, and, and the, the landing port scene, uh, I just fast forward to the end to the Dooku Yoda fight and, and that's about it. That's really the only redeeming factor for that film. In my opinion is the Dooku Yoda battle. Yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't stand it. So it's um, terrible. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off topic, but I just wanted your opinion on that, Brad. So we've talked about that's what I'm we here talked for. about Soraya Wilson. Um, also, the um, the Mandalorian, the Ultimate Visual Guidebook that was coming out this year has been canceled. Um, it's not necessarily put off forever; it's just put off for now. And there's different huh. reasons why this could be maybe. Um, Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett, maybe they're going to try to take Cara Dune out of it. I don't know. Um, okay. But it's, uh, hmm. it's coming out, it's coming out later, like in 2022, not now. Um, so that's, that's a bit of news from the, for the Mandalorian. Um, also, uh, there's a new Boba Fett comic coming out. Uh, Jedi High, uh, High Republic author Charles Soule. Uh, talks about his plan on StarWars.com. He said that he uh, Boba Fett clearly does not take Han Solo directly to Jabba's palace, which we know that. Uh, something right. had to happen in between the intervening time between Empire and Jedi, and he would personally like to tell that story. So I would really be up for reading that comic, to be honest, because I think that there's a lot of potential there. 
yeah, we actually just talked about that on our show, and um, I'm looking forward to that as well. If you're not a uh, you know avid comic book reader, you can always just wait until all the issues have come out, and they usually nowadays just immediately release it on uh, in a graphic novel format where you get the whole story there. Oh wow! But Charles Solis is uh, such a good writer. Uh, his Vader series is one of the best uh, stories in Star Wars right now, and uh, Light of the Jedi was also a good story. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because I think they're going to really build on Boba's character. And we might even see references to what happens in that comic in the show that's coming up, uh, you know, later in the year. Yeah, I think that I think you're absolutely right. And I think I I think I will because uh, I don't avidly follow comics um, the way I should. I kind of keep them on the periphery. Uh, but I think I will wait till that graphic novel comes out and just kind of gorge on the entire story. Yeah, I'll definitely add the graphic novel to my Christmas list because yeah, I don't I don't really do comic books or, or anything, but um, I think that would definitely interest me because I, I really like Boba Fett. Daisy Ridley has some new projects. Of course, she's working on Chaos Walking um, with Maz Mickelson, and um, also the upcoming film The Marsh King's Daughter. So we're happy for her. Yeah. Also, author E.K. Johnston will explore Anakin and Padme's marriage uh, in The Queen's Hope, which is set during the Clone Wars. And that book is set to release November 2nd. So that's going to be really, really ah. interesting to see. Because we, um, actually, what we noted in The Clone Wars is that we were getting little peaks of their um, marriage. You know their relationship, yes. And so this this is an entire book about the marriage. So I would not be opposed to reading that. I think that that's fascinating. I might try to try to read that. Um, I, I have a problem reading in general because I just don't have time. But I might try to right. make time for that one. Audible, Audible, Ashley. Yes, I know. I'm I'm starting to get into Audible. It's very convenient. Yes, Audible's yeah. great. It is. And the, um, and the voice actors are so good these days. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, EK is, uh, you know, she's another writer that I really appreciate. Uh, was at a, a con down in Atlanta a couple of years ago. And she and both she and Claudia Gray were there. And uh, I got to meet them both. And, you know, I got her autograph on the uh, Ahsoka book. And uh, she's uh, such a sweet person. And uh, she's just she's another one that. Uh, uh, loves to be in the Star Wars community. So that's probably going to be a good book and maybe make uh, episode two a little more uh, stomachable <laughs> yeah. to, to those right. of us that can't stand Right. <laughs> Was that Dragon Con, Brad? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I love Dragon Con. Love it. Um, yeah, that one was a trip. Uh, there was uh, one of the panels. I'm not sure if that was the one she was at. There was a uh, uh, there was a woman that just stood up in the middle of the room and just started screaming about how Obi Wan was the worst villain in the Star Wars universe <laughs> and how everything that happened to Anakin and the Republic and the Jedi was <laughs> oh Obi Wan's fault. And you just can't get that anywhere else. Wow. And uh, I was I was laughing my butt off. And uh, every, she was getting booze, oh, yeah. but she didn't care. She wow. was saying her piece, and it, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I wish I could have recorded it, but uh, it. it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I I haven't been back to Dragon Con in a couple years, but um I'm thinking about going to Pensacon, which is in Pensacola, Florida, because Ashley Eckstein is actually going to be there. Really? Yes. She's, I would love to meet her. Yeah, that would be so awesome. And she and she's another one that loves to be in the in the the Star Wars community and and is just super sweet. She is, yes. Okay, uh, almost. I'm almost done with news. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I actually have something that came up too. That um, it's it's kind of spoilery though. That you know, Brad can probably fill us in. But um, but I, why don't you finish first? Brad? Okay, uh, I, I'm almost done. Um, Buzzfeed did a list of actors who had the most range, and Adam Driver ranked number one, which was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, he has a new movie, Gucci. That's also filming soon, and it's uh, one of the places it's going to film is Lake Combo, which is the same place the scenes for Naboo and Attack of the Clones were filmed. So you could say that Ben Solo is going to Naboo. Okay. Wow. And uh, finally, um, Aladdin's Mina Massad is rumored to be cast as Ezra Bridger from Rebels in the live-action series Ahsoka. Um, so we haven't gotten to Rebels yet. I know, Brad, I know you have. How do you feel about this casting? Uh, I saw that and I'm very happy about that. And, 
Um, I'm happy that uh, they're getting the, uh, uh, you know, trying to get the gang back together, so to speak. And you mentioned Tamora Morrison earlier. Uh, I was personally hoping that he was coming back as both uh, Boba and Rex in The Mandalorian when he came back. Um, but he, of course he was just yes. Boba. Uh, so I, I think uh, that's a great choice for Ezra. And uh, I think we're going to get, uh, see some good chemistry on screen with that. I can't wait for that. Well, that's going to be exciting. Um, okay. That wraps me up, Ashley. Okay. Oh, so I just saw this article posted on, uh, the Mandalorian star Wars page that we follow on Facebook, Brandy. Yes. And this is complete news to me, and I don't know if it's news to you, Brandy, but I know, Brad, you're probably going to already know this, but apparently uh, Cad Bane was Boba Fett's mentor. Is this something we're going to discover later in season two or something? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it says, what happened to Boba Fett's mentor, Cad Bane? Um, so do you know anything about that, Brad? Because... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak on that. Um, all, I, all I'm gonna. Uh, all I'm gonna speak on is there. Uh, yes, there is a lot more in the realm of uh, bounty hunters, uh, uh, as far as uh, Boba's relationship with uh, Cad Bane, uh, Aura Singh, uh, and others. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to spoil that for you. All but right. uh, and there's even there's even some stuff that. Uh, didn't make it into Clone Wars that were deleted scenes that people would like uh, to be put back in somehow. Uh, and one of those is wow. a scene between Cad Bane and Boba a little bit earlier. Uh, so I don't want to spoil any of that for you yet. You're going to get to a lot of that in, in your journey. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's really nice of you not to want to spoil it, though. Yeah, that's really nice of you not to spoil it, even though Brandy and I are horrible and we actively look for spoilers because yeah. we're terrible people. <laughs> no, there's uh, that's that's we both like Cad. There's uh, there's stuff in Clone Wars that that will blow your mind. Like, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing this because there's stuff that you're like, holy cow. Uh, and it just gives you a um, bigger, uh, especially when you get to the later seasons, uh, just a much bigger appreciation for what happens in the movies. And you're like, Oh my God, you know, oh, they're taking these actions knowing that this happened in the past uh, stuff that we see on the clone wars. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, wow. it's going to change your entire outlook on, on the saga. Oh, no doubt. I can't wait for I just can't Me wait. Me too. I mean, it already kind of has for us and we're only halfway through season two and I'm already blown away by, you know, stuff that's happened. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to continue down this path, down this journey. Um, Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, I think we, if we covered all of the news then, why don't we jump right into Clone Wars then? Uh, so we started out this recent rewatch. Um, we started out with Season 2, Episode 3, Children of the Force. So this is where Cad Bane is, is um, kidnapping the Force-sensitive kids. Um, and uh, so... Let's see. I'll, I'll just kind of go through some things that I liked about the episode, and then, Brandy, you can talk about what you liked. Um, I really... The one, the one thing that I really loved about this episode is all of the Jedi, like, working together. You've got Yoda, you've got Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, Anakin. They're all, like, working together. They're in that force circle, trying to sense where Bane is going. I really liked that. I loved that, yeah. When, when all the Jedis ganged up on him, I thought it was super aggressive and a little wild. Like when they would, when they were like, they were really kind of pushing the boundaries of their code. I think um, when they were using the force on him and, and to compel him to answer, it was just crazy. Yeah, it almost felt like torture. Like it, it looked like a torture yeah. scene. Brandy, I'm so glad you said that because uh, uh, on on the scuttlebutt we talk about all the time the. Um, uh, hypocrisy within the Jedi order. And this is one of those And this, this specifically, uh, I wrote a quote down, uh, from that, uh, where Anakin says we can use the force to make him talk. Mm. And if that's not like one of the least Jedi like things that you can say, and I, I think it's a good, uh, sort of, you know, looking back on it, a juxtaposition of what, um, Cad Bane was doing with the Jedi that, you know, he was using advanced interrogation tactics on the Jedi that he, captured to try to get the information on the holocron and then we have them on the flip side doing the exact same thing except using the force to do it and here we can see the the uh i'd say the moral degradation of the jedi order you know if you know you go back and read the high republic stuff right um and they are very you know moralistic and you know in in those stories but here we have them as you said ganging up 
with the force, which shouldn't be done on any individual. No. Um, and they were just de- destroying his mind to get this information. Uh, so you know, you'll you'll see, you know, those are seeds that you know are planted now that you'll see grow in the future, and you know how it just makes the Jedi Order break down. So yeah, this uh, that that has huge implications there. I think. Yes. So, okay. So is there anything else about this episode that stood out to you, Brandy? I love that we got to see um, Mustafar again. I was just going to say Mustafar. I mentioned somewhere other than Revenge of the Sith. It was just really nice to to see that in that context. And then Ahsoka always getting stuck with the babies. <laughs> because remember in the movie, she had the hot lips. Yeah, she does get stuck with the babies all and the time, that- doesn't she? She always gets stuck with the babies because later in a later episode that we watched this weekend, she's got the youngling. That's right. And so that you know, so she's they 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 caught off the youngling. She has the younglings, so she's the babysitter. Hey, if if she can take care of a baby hut uh, for a few days, uh, <laughs> then she can take care of anything. Yes. Um, I like that it's very quickly um, uh, that they mention it, but they also, one of the planets that they talk about in this one is uh, Glee and Selm. And uh, that's actually, you know, I got a connection to the solo movie. That's the uh, planet that um, Beckett wants to retire on to learn the Valachord. So I love that there's connections. I love that they, Filoni oh, yeah. makes those tiny little connections wow. that brings the universe together. That uh, that planet is the planet that Beckett later wants to retire on uh, after he stops being, you know, uh, you know, doing all of his uh, criminal things. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It just, you know, we already love Filoni and think he's just God when it comes to everything Star Wars. So it just makes me appreciate him even more. Just those little tiny details is what I love. Absolutely. And and we've talked about fan service, quote unquote. Um, and uh, I hate that term, that phrase for one. I hate and, that term. Yeah, you need to stop really. it. And you can't you can't get enough of it, in my opinion. Anything to bring the universe together. But I will tell you, this this particular episode is probably my top 10 uh, for the entire series, because with these children, uh, this has huge implications later on down the road uh, for some things that you might know about. Um, Mm -hmm. and some things that you probably don't know about yet, uh, which I don't want to spoil for you, but, uh, the implications of this one are huge. Okay. Wow. We'll remember that. Yeah, I will remember that. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. So I loved that episode. Me too. I thought it was fantastic. I did too. Well, then the one that came up after that, it was, uh, the Senate spy one. So I wrote, this is my guilty pleasure episode. It was so soap opery, full of silly drama, but I didn't care because I liked it. I guess I'm starved of this content, but, um, seeing Padme, um, trick the, was it Clovis, um, using their past relationship to manipulate him and find out if he's a spy, um, and seeing Anakin all jealous and, and all of that. I just... I don't know. It was really silly and soap opery, but I liked it. I, I love Jealous Anakin, and he was really funny. Very much so. And um, did you guys read any of the books um, uh, that r- led up to the Rogue One movie? Because Clovis is somebody that will actually pop up later yeah. on down the road. So this he's one of those other characters that's cool because he pops up later. Um, okay. And I think that's pretty cool. Okay. I did not know that. But I will say that the relationships that we see in the cartoons, like we talked about earlier, are better than the ones that we see on the big screen. So, uh, you know, Jealous Anakin and all that, they're still more fun to see on, on the Clone Wars than they are in the I movies. couldn't agree with you more with that. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It just didn't translate somehow to the big screen, unfortunately. It just... With the prequels, it didn't translate. Well, if you see how, <laughs> if you see how George Lucas uh, acts, that's that's how he writes as well. Uh, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> that's him. I mean, you can just true, imagine him at the typewriter. Uh, you know, you know, Carrie Fisher and, and uh, uh, the, all, all the all the actors back then, Harrison Ford would make fun of him. Like, you can type this stuff, you can write this stuff, but you can't say it. And uh, that was so true. That's true. Um, I remember with, like, that. Episode two. I remember watching a behind the scenes of that and they were like making fun oh, yeah. of him as they were filming. <laughs> Faster, more exciting. More I thought um, when Padme dropped the data disc mm-hmm. and Anna caught it with the force, I thought that was pretty slick. I thought they worked pretty well as a team together in that episode. Yeah, they did. Ultimately, um, they were able to, to get it back and thwart his plan and everything. So um, 
Well, I guess that, that answered my question, too. So you said Clovis uh, comes down later on down the road. I thought he died because <laughs> I thought they killed him at the end. But Well, there, there's – there's uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see some references to him later. Uh, yeah, again, that's, this All is right. your journey. I'm not here to spoil it. Even though you want spoilers, you're not going to get any from me. I mean, not intentionally anyway. Okay, <laughs> fine then. <laughs> fine then. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, moving on to episode five, landing at Point Rain. Um, oh, this was the one where it was it was like one big, long, epic battle. It felt like a video game. It was very cinematic. Kiati was in this one. I remember getting excited to see Kiati. He's one of my other favorite Jedi's besides the usual. I love how the um, episode ended when Kiati informs Anakin that he actually um, got more droids than everyone, and he wanted to know what he won. And then he goes, my, what did he say? My undying respect or something. And then. <laughs> yeah, undying respect and appreciation. Yeah, or and then Obi-Wan like that. goes, that's a gift Anakin rarely bestows, I assure you. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Obi-Wan's kind of growing on me now. I'm just going to say it. I'm starting to like yeah, him. Yeah, at the first, Brad, the at the beginning, we had some issues with his voice, at the voice actor that played Obi-Wan and his characterization. But um, it's kind of like. It's kind of all gelling and coming together now. Yeah, you'll you'll find that he will he'll continue to grow on you, especially with the the writing on this show. They just nail his character, um, and um, you know, for some people, uh, you know, some people's Obi Wan is Alec Guinness, others Ewan McGregor, uh, but there's a lot where their their Obi Wan that they connect most with is the one that they see in the Clone Wars. Uh, so I think he will continue to grow on you. Right, I can see that. I loved in this episode how the gunships are painted on the side, like the old World War II bombers. Like some of the gunships are, have like the clone trooper faces on them or, you know, I just thought that that was like a really, just it just speaks to Filoni's attention to detail. I just thought that was really neat. Yes. Yeah, this uh, this show, uh, and I think, you know, it they improved as, as the uh, series went along. The details that they started to include there, uh, as far as the war goes, are amazing. They're just, just like you said, Brandy, those those small details about, you know, how many kills does this ship have and, and stuff like that. It really adds to the uh, to the reality of, of war and everything that entails. Mm. And that's what makes this show so special. Right. And this was the most battle-heavy um, episode, I, I believe, that it's that we've seen. It really is. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I actually thought this is what Clone Wars was going to be about. It was going to be a lot of just intense air battles, ground battles, just constant fighting. Um, but it really hasn't been like that. I think that, you know, they, they mix it up enough, you know, where there's a lot of you know, action in one episode and less in others. Um, it just flows very well. I'm, I'm just enjoying it so much. So moving forward then uh, with uh, episode six, The Weapons Factory. This is this was my first time being introduced to Barris is Offy. Is that how you say her name? Yep. There's just so you know, I am so like ignorant with mm-hmm. a lot of these characters. Uh, Brandy knows a lot more than I do. I'm constantly reminding her like, I don't know this person. Who is he? No, you're not. So, yep. um, but yeah, this was my first time being introduced to her. Um Let's see, this is where Barris and Ahsoka team up to try to blow up the factory. Um, really admired their bravery in this episode. Yes, I love this episode. Yeah, this was a good one. Because this was the one where also Anakin and Luminara are talking about, you know, the willingness to let their apprentices go because they think that they've died and, you know, under all that rubble. Yes. Um, so I just, I really did enjoy this episode a lot as well. Yeah, I think uh, Luminara is a, she's a very good character, and pay attention to this uh, relationship between uh, Ahsoka and Barris Offee. There will be much more to that relationship uh, later on down the road, and it takes some uh, twists and turns that you are not expecting. Mm, really? Oh, well, I'm excited to hear that. I sort of had a feeling that they were going to do more with those two characters. I just had a had a gut feeling that there was more to it. So thank yep. you for that. Uh, I loved, I just loved the description that uh, Luminar told Barris of how Ahsoka and Annika's relationship was outside regulations. I thought that uh, that yes, was... yes, I caught that too. Yeah, I thought that that was like, hmm, that's kind of, yeah, they, they really do operate outside of, of regulations. In, in many ways, Ahsoka is a lot like Anakin. They complement each other that way. But she's like the... Um... 
tempered version of Anakin or Anakin with some sensibility. Um, mm. I mean, she is truly his apprentice and, um, you know, she takes all those awesome elements from him while sticking to the, you know, the tenets of the Jedi order. Uh, so I think she, you know, in a lot of cases, she is what uh, Anakin would like to be. Yes. Um, cause she's awesome just like he is, but, uh, you know, not obviously not pulled towards the dark like he is. Um, but yeah, she's, um, you know, you know, regulations, you know, if you're in the military long enough, uh, they slow everything down and they make everything 10 times harder. So sometimes you got to bend uh, a little bit with the regulations to get the job done. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, okay. So then moving on to episode seven, Legacy of Terror. This was a very creepy episode. Mm. It reminded me of like the mummy meets X-Files because this is where they go, go down into those tunnels to search for Luminara. And they, they come across those... Um, was it those bugs that have those worm hosts invading your body? Like, that was very creepy. I, I wrote that if this wasn't animated, I, w- I wasn't sure I was going to get through the whole thing. <laughs> I won't tell you what I wrote about this episode. Well, now you got to. What the- you have to, yeah. <laughs> I said this ep is scary as shit. <laughs> it was. It was like zombies, like worm, you know, bleh invading your body yeah i it was creepy um the the dialogue at the end though <laughs> when when uh they get the the alien out of one of the clones or or whatever and anakin's ready to step on it and and obi-wan's like hey i wanted to study that <laughs> that was hilarious yeah exactly not time to be a scientist, Obi-Wan. What I love about this one is they weren't scared to, you know, go outside, you know, the lines with the writing. You guys kind of mentioned it earlier. And they'll tell you they got influence from all over the place. And like you were saying with this one, uh, it really goes back to like the Twilight Zone in the 50s. Um, the, uh, what is it, the like the invasion of the brain snatchers and, and, yes. and all those kinds of movies and stuff. And uh, they, they went there. And they, and they made for some really fun stories. It was, yeah, it was scary and terrifying, but it was fun. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was awesome. And then, uh, so then it's kind of the same theme because the next episode, Brain Invaders, this is where all of the clones get um, infected. And this is, again, where Barris and Ahsoka team up um, to try to take them down. I immediately knew as soon as Barris and Ahsoka had to separate that Barris was going to get infected. I have interesting hearing Anakin talk to Ahsoka about letting go of attachments. I, I just don't have patience with Anakin whenever he talks about attachments because right. he's literally married in secret right now <laughs> when he shouldn't be. I wrote that too, yeah. Well, again, that's one of those hypocritical things. And, you know, going back to attachments um, and, you know, earlier in the season, you know, with the holocrons, uh, you know, some people were actually dogging on Ahsoka in the Mandalorian because she wouldn't, um, train Grogu. Um, but you know, she mentioned like, Hey, attachment is bad and you guys have an attachment and this is not going to work. Well, earlier on in the season, you know, when, uh, Cad Bane was blackmailing Anakin, uh, for to open up the holocron because he was going to you know throw Ahsoka out the airlock. Yeah. Uh, you know theoretically yeah. uh, for a Jedi that shouldn't have worked. Uh, if he strictly followed the Jedi code, um, he would have let Ahsoka go out the airlock. Yeah. Um, but that's not Anakin, and, and and I don't think anybody's you know I wouldn't fault him for this personally. Um, but you know that attachment that he has, which I think goes beyond the normal master apprentice attachment. Uh, that attachment that he has to her is why, you know, he was willing to, you know, give Cad Bane that information from the holocron. So, yeah, again, that's, uh, you know, that's quite a thing for him to talk about uh, attachments when he is the worst at it. Right, exactly. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more about all of that. Brandy and I, I think we all are uh, probably on the same page after hearing that about this whole idea with attachments in the Jedi Order. Um, Brandy and I just don't see the, the big problem with it. And have, have you have you guys read the Light of the Jedi yet? No, I haven't read it yet. No, or no. Or, or, or you you've probably seen you've probably seen the talk on on social media though, where you know the the new information says uh, you know having sexual relationships, right. or Sexual interactions or encounters is fine 
as long as you don't get attached. Right. Yeah, uh, we and, did talk like, about this. I'm like, are you are you are you kidding me right now? Right. Uh, so, um, so one yeah, night so, stands are okay and honorable, but just don't get married. Like that's oh, yeah. not good. Just don't. Yeah. You you better hit it and quit it. Sorry, I said it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm gonna shut no, up. No, don't keep talking. I said it too. I said it too. Yeah. No, we did say it. Yes. So yeah, I know. I I just I'm rolling my eyes right now. I can't even believe they went there but yeah i can't either but um i i don't know i i go really far with this whole thing with attachments the way i look at it you know anakin was supposed to bring balance to the force and i think the only way he was able to do that ultimately was through luke his son love of son that he destroyed the emperor and brought balance to the force and that was all done through attachments so I don't think they're a bad thing. I think it could be a beautiful thing. It could be a strength, as you've said, Brandy. It can be used well, as a strength. Yeah. And, and it can be a strength. And, and also, Brad, I don't know if you read any of the new Jedi Order stuff from Legends, but I was basically, I grew up on that. And um, some of the tenets that Luke pulled to create the new Jedi Order, it, you know, he accepted attachment in a way. And, and it was something, it was, and for a long time it worked really well. So uh, that's something that I would kind of like to see come into canon. Uh, I hope so as well. And uh, I love uh, those EU books. And I was um, one of the few, uh, everything I predicted for the Mandalorian was not, did not come to pass. So uh, don't go to Vegas if I give you any recommendations. <laughs> okay. um, but, you know, I, I was really hoping that the person that would show up at the end of the, the last episode was, Mara Jade and you know think about how many uh, Star Wars fans um, you know I don't think any Star Wars fan could be mad that Mara Jade showed up Absolutely so I was really hoping not. that we'd see some long red hair and, and, a, and a purple lightsaber show up of course I was not disappointed with Luke um, but I was hoping they would also introduce that element into into canon as well I'm hoping to see her in season three just a, just a snippet of her just a snippet I think it's possible. I think it's possible to bring her in um, into the, the Mandalorian universe. I, I totally see that. I personally love that Luke showed up. In fact, I was sobbing like a baby when I saw the green lightsaber. <laughs> it's like I knew it was him. And I was so excited to see him in his prime, you know, being such a young, powerful Jedi. It was just something I have always wanted to see. So that was just a, a dream come true. Well, not to go off too off, but I, I did warn you that we, you know, we'd go off on tangents. But you said it was okay. Uh, Ro and I discussed this on our show. Is it would be great if in that time period, because really it's almost still a blank slate between, you know, the, what happens in the Mandalorian and what happens in the sequel trilogy. If Luke was to have this relationship with Mara Jade or whomever, and then you know maybe that was one of the ones that. Kylo Ren also killed and then that would at least have given Luke a, a reason to have been so angry and bitter uh, as he was in The Last Jedi and that would to me add a lot more credibility to The Last Jedi if he did uh, love and lose mm. like that in, in the meantime there. Absolutely. I think that, that uh, we're going to see a lot of bridge building. I think Filoni and company are going to do um, some bridge building between the sequel tr trilogy and the Mandalorian. I think they have to. Uh, I think they have some sort of imperative to to kind of make it all cohesive. Well, they they are. Um, I, sorry to to butt in, but you know, I I read a lot um uh, from Favro, John Favro, and he says that's ultimately their goal. They always take existing Star Wars material. And they're always building towards that. And he says, we're so lucky we've got such a large time gap to play with these stories and make it all connect and work. So um, just seeing what they've done with the Mandalorian, you know, and everything, I, I trust them completely to yeah, do it right. Me too. Um, but one last thing about the episode uh, that I really liked is, uh, and I only bring it up because you didn't bring it up, Ashley, is when Ahsoka and Barris are sitting in the cafeteria, um... She says, uh, or the, the mess hall, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ahsoka is asking, will they be peacekeepers or warriors after the war? And what's the difference? So I just thought that that was like a really strong philosophical point. The, yeah, they, yeah, they, they drop in. Uh, we'll, we'll get to some of those other moral issues here in, in, in a couple episodes with the deserter. Um, but yeah, that's, those are huge. Like uh, they really make you think like, where, where's the line? Uh, you know, where, where, you know, or, you know, like Qui-Gon says, we're keepers of the peace and stuff like that. But, you know, 
where that line gets very blurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about that on our show. You know, their relationship with the Republic was too close. Um, and they, I think that was the, obviously the biggest reason for the fall of the Jedi order was, you know, letting themselves become, you know, warriors and, uh, generals in militaries. And that is not at all, you know, a keeper of peace and justice in the galaxy. So yeah, they, I, I like how they drop tiny little bombs like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, so episode nine is Grievous Intrigue. That's right before the deserter. Uh, Brandy, do you have anything to, to add to this one? I thought it was dramatic that the younglings were present uh, when the Jedi was uh, being tortured. Yes. Uh, I thought murdered at the time, but I, 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 he was actually just being tortured. Um, but uh, that's when Ahsoka led the younglings off. and Right. You know, um. Yeah, the the only thing that I really had to add with this episode, I just found Grievous annoying in this episode. I don't know why. Um, more over the top than he yeah. normally is, I guess. This, I think this was the one, though, that he fought Obi-Wan again with the four lightsabers. I, I always think it's kind of cool when he's got four lightsabers and Obi-Wan yes. can handle him with just one. Oh, yeah. I lo- And I wrote, I actually wrote on here that I love watching Obi-Wan fight because Obi-Wan is my favorite Jedi. He's He's just my favorite. And, you know, he's master of Sorsu, and just just watching mm-hmm. him is a pleasure. It's just a pleasure. I agree. Couldn't agree more with uh, with you on Obi-Wan. And as far as Grievous goes, yeah, he's pretty much a diva the entire time throughout the entire Clone Wars <laughs> series. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, I'm partial to the 2005, uh, I think, was that, no, 2003, uh, when the first uh, Cartoon Network uh, Clone Wars series came out. Uh, I'm, I'm partial. Yes, to, to that. I have that. Yeah. Okay. We did not see those. Uh, yeah, those were just I the did. little short ones that they made after, or right, um, I'm sorry, right around, uh, when episode three came out, they were short, Okay. Um, but they actually made Grievous look pretty awesome. Really? In those. Um, have to yeah, somehow so. get my hands on. They're pretty cool, Ashley. Unfortunately, they're no longer canon. True. But they're pretty cool. True, absolutely. And you can uh, you just find them on YouTube, and you can watch the entire thing uh, at one time on YouTube. They've put them awesome. all together. Awesome. I will do that. Um, okay, so let's get to the deserter. This was, like, jam-packed full of some really great philosophical arguments from uh, the former clone, now-turned-farmer guy. Um, Brandy, why don't you dive into this one? Um, I loved... I love the little moments of levity in this episode because this episode is pretty heavy um, about the droids being low on power because we've never seen them. We've never seen that be addressed in the films because they just seem like, you know, they seem like the Energizer Bunny, like they're never going to stop. And uh, the droids were being low on power and Grievous was complaining about them. Um, I just thought that that was kind of funny. Um the deserter, um, or AKA the farmer, uh, we talked about those arguments, those philosophical questions about what you want to do with your life and about duty and about the difference between life and duty. And it was just really, I think it really affected Rex as well. Um, and, uh, and I really liked that they're playing to Jarek. Uh, like on the Millennium Falcon. That was so cool to see that. Yeah, just a nice little shout out. So that's all I have for this episode. But this episode was just hugely, to me, profound and quiet and um, really gave you a lot of things to think about, like Brad said. Yeah, I I love this one. And one thing that's so cool about the Clone Wars is the personality um, that they gave all the clones, literally the same voice actor, for all the clones, uh, you know, the same animation uh, for all the clones, and yet they're such individuals at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're literally born to fight. But along the way, they have a conscious at the same time. And he followed his, and it was away from from the fighting. Um, and uh, yeah, right. so, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, uh, the, the Patriot a little bit uh, when he's talking about, hey, do we want to go to war? And he's talking about having kids. And he says, well, you know, you can't afford to have principles when, when you have kids. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's what happened when he became a farmer. The only, uh, the only thing that was slightly off to me about this episode is the timeline. The Clone Wars were only three years long. 
you know, the the time period between episode two and three was only three years. Right. Um, so how are the kids as old as they were? But I'll let that one slide unless I'm, I'm going to say that Twi'leks uh, age faster than humans do. Sure. Uh, and that's how they were able to be older. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, but I'll let it slide. It, it's still made for a very, yeah, it's still made for a very good story. And uh, the seeds that he plants in Rex's head, uh, of course, we'll we'll see those come to fruition later on, and uh, you know, you know, he hangs out with Obi Wan and Anakin. So uh, these moral dilemmas uh, eat at Rex as well, and that's why you you see him uh, become the character that that he eventually becomes. Uh, so big implications on oh, this one as well. Wow, that's that's exciting to hear. Wow. And thank you so much for quoting the Patriot. That's one of my favorite movies, and I love that line. <laughs> So that was a good one. Absolutely. That was a good one. Couldn't be more true. That's, I believe it. Um, oh, all right. So let's uh, talk about the uh, lightsaber loss when Ahsoka lost her lightsaber and she teams up with the Elder Jedi. Um, I love this episode. That was a good one. I liked this one. I, I, I'm going to admit, though, immediately assumed it was Anakin because he's always losing his lightsaber. I mean, let's get real here. Yes. <laughs> But um, this was fun seeing how resourceful and how she persevered to get her lightsaber back. Let's see, Brandy, what do you have to say about this one? Uh, I love I love that there's a sub theme or a subtopic or undercurrent of learning and respecting and gaining wisdom from your elders because um, he had so much to teach her. Yes. Uh, cause I remember there's one, one line that I wrote down that, uh, she, he's like, you know, you need to be quiet. And she's like, I am quiet. And he's like, not quiet with your mouth, quiet with your mind. Yes. And that's something that she hadn't considered, uh, that she could, you know, actually find the, find the, uh, perpetrator if she was still enough in the force that, you know, the force would lead her there. Um, uh, I love uh I love that his lightsaber was a cane. I just think he was he was funny. Um he's he went on one last adventure with Ahsoka. He's like, I haven't been out in a while or I haven't been on a mission in a while, let's go. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka was like, Okay. Um, I just love this. I think um the criminal underworld of Coruscant is something I always love to see depicted. And this was really vibrant and colorful. And um, it was just Ahsoka and this elder Jedi going on an adventure. And it was just so sweet in a way. It was. I, I enjoyed it as well. And I love the part where he's he's driving or riding really slow. <laughs> it's like that's something we all can relate <laughs> to, right? Riding with grandpa or grandma. <laughs> yeah, I think this is uh, I think this is one of those, you know, what you would call, and I, I think it's a great episode as well. I think it's what you would call one of those filler episodes. Yeah, because um, we is. just came down from the one arc, and uh, obviously we're going to get into the, this last arc that we'll talk about uh, on Mandalore. But what I love about uh, both the Clone Wars and Rebels, um, whatever you might consider a quote-unquote filler episode, are still so fun and entertaining, uh, like you guys have described here. Uh, so I, I think it's a it, it's a fun, little more lighthearted episode before they get serious again. Agree completely. Okay, so now I'm about to get really excited because now we're going to start talking about Mandalore. Um, so I, you know, Brandy and I both, I think we've never, you know, we've never seen Mandalore and we want to learn more about the history, obviously, because of the Mandalorian. Um, so the episode 12, the Mandalore plot, um, is where we meet um, Duchess Satine and we learn that her and Obi-Wan have a past, it seems. Yes. And so... Uh, Brandy and I are kind of going to turn into shipper fangirls, you know, gone wild here. So I'm just kidding. Yep. We'll be fine. No, it, we'll be it, it'll fine. get worse. Don't worry. It'll get worse. <laughs> it'll get worse. Oh boy. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I should look by, forward by to worse, that or scare, be scared of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It depends on how you look at it. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep my mouth Okay. Shut. He's going to keep his mouth Keep shut. talking. Okay. So, um, so Brandy and I both were eager to see what Mandalore looked like. And I, I, we both, I can't put into the words myself, Brandy, but I was kind of disappointed. Like it wasn't what I imagined it to be. Mm, it wasn't what I imagined either. I don't even know what it was supposed to look like. I guess I just, I guess maybe I was surprised how advanced they were or mm. I don't know. I'm with you. Um, and uh, there's things that irk me about the way they uh, came back to Mandalore uh, 
what angle they came from. Um, you know, I imagine Sparta, yeah. basically, yeah, uh, yeah. because they the, the Mandalorians are the Spartans of the Star Wars universe. So I was expecting that, and we come to a mostly uh, peaceful world. Um, obviously, they're they're having some issues at this time in in their um, history, um, but not the Mandalore. You know, we, we mentioned the EU books. Uh, not the Mandalorians that they, that you're used to hearing about. So it, it does uh, throw you off for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I, I felt kind of bad that I was disappointed. But um, you 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 um you said it perfectly. I imagine Sparta for some the reason. The only thing that that saved it for me was the con- was the Moon Concordia. That was more aligned with what I had envisioned for Mandalore as a whole. I agree completely. Yep, definitely. Um, they they do throw some. Uh, references in there and speaking of references uh do you guys uh, remember the movie moulin rouge oh yeah oh yeah do you do you remember what uh ewan mcgregor's lover's name was in that movie oh is it satine it's satine oh it's satine. yeah you're welcome oh my god <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm sure okay. that's just a coincidence though <laughs> oh sure of course <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't believe in coincidence. Exactly. Anyways, um, so, okay, so I have a question, Brad. I don't know if you can answer this. The Death Watch movement, I didn't bring this up either, Brandy. The, this Death Watch movement, is this the same watch that Din was discovered by and raised in? 100%. Wow. It is. 100%. Yep, so the so the ones that you see in the flashback, the, you know, his PTSD that he had the first, the entire first yes. season, um, you know, where he kept having those flashbacks. Um, yep, that was, uh, and you can, again, we talk about those little details. You can get it. Uh, you know, I thank God that there's people that want to break down every single second, every <laughs> single shot, because I'm not doing it. <laughs> Um, I'll go back and rewatch for sure, but I'm right. not pausing every single second. But uh, if you look at the details of their uniforms, um, yep, it's a uh, it's Death Watch, and here you can see how there's factions forming uh, on Mandalore. So you have the you know the newer ones that you know they'll take their helmets off, they don't care, and then you have the more traditionalists like the Spartans that we're talking about, uh, the ones that you know don't want to take their helmets off and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it is the same, and that's another connection that uh, Filoni made between his older work and his current work. Okay, oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm so excited that I thought of that. And Brandy, I'm surprised we didn't bring this up last night when we were watching it. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't. Uh, wow. Okay, I'm I'm blown away right now. Um, and then, okay, so here's another question. I was confused about Visla. So this is not the same Visla that was uh, Mandalorian turned Jedi. That happened like thousands of years ago or something no. yeah okay and that's and you'll get a lot of those um kind of family lines you know in mandalore but yeah that is a uh, di- different uh, a lot of them share the same names um but yeah different characters okay right i thought so all right um well i just really liked this episode though uh because you know i know these are bad mandos but they got the jetpacks they got the helmet the best car i'm sorry i just i really like them but i'm missing din Dejarin right yeah. now so <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, the Black Saber. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the Black Saber? I was not expecting to see that so soon. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, when he whipped out that Dark Saber, my mouth was just That's like, awesome. Yeah, I think I screamed. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was cool. So then we're going to see that's so that's the first sighting of it. That's obviously going to change many hands, I assume, right, Brad? Yeah, Yo, you you'll you'll definitely see it more and it definitely has some uh, big implications. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, before we move on to uh, the, the next episode, Brandy, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Well, let's talk about Voyage of Temptation. Um, I think this was very, um, this was just dripping with so much subtext between Obi-Wan and Satine. Oh, yeah. I just, I just absolutely loved every second of it. Um we find out that he spent a year on Mandalore with Qui-Gon and then he fell in love with Satine. Mm. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of baffled that he had the willpower to walk away and abide by the Jedi code. Like, where can I get that kind of willpower, please, <laughs> for anything in my life? <laughs> because, wow. He was waiting on her. But you got to wonder what happens 
off screen. You know, we, we only, they, you know, it's a it's, you know, quote unquote kid show. Um, you know, the reason why these, these episodes make me sad, uh, all the ones with Obi-Wan and Satine in them is because they, you, you can, you can figure out that they have a relationship here. Um, oh, yeah. but, you know, they, um, the sequel trilogy killed my theories that I had on Ray because I thought Ray was going to be a Kenobi Skywalker. I thought that uh, secretly Satine and Obi-Wan had a child, uh, which would have been a daughter. And I thought <sighs> you know, if you look at the timeline, how old she would have been, she could have gotten into a relationship with Luke later on. And Ray could have been the child of wow. Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan and Satine as well, which would have made her uh, an actual right. Skywalker and Kenobi. Wow. And I thought that would have been awesome. But, you know. Oh, well, didn't happen, but it's Brad. I, I completely agree with you. And I had heard before I watched the Clone Wars, I knew of something between Obi-Wan and this person named Satine, but I didn't know Satine. So I knew the possibility of Ray being a Kenobi. Um, it's, it's still in fan fiction. A, a lot of times if she has to have a last name, she'll be a Kenobi. I mean, so it's fanon if it's not canon. Um, so, you know, it's, it's it's unfortunate that they decided to go the way they did. I have major issues with with episode nine that I'm not going to get into tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, it's unfortunate. I wish that it would have gone the way you thought, Brad. Same well, here. still firmly in my head canon, so it's still real to me. Well, that's what matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I absolutely love this episode. Uh, anything else to add, Brandy or Brad? I love, I love um, uh, how basically Obi Wan fell in love with her, protecting her, and that's the exact way that Anakin fell in love with Padme in Attack of the Clones. He was protecting her, like you know, safeguarding her life as a bodyguard sort of thing, and it's it's basically the same thing. And I love the, uh, I love the little. Um, touch that that obi-wan had with this the uh droid spider yeah um when he was trying to sniff out the senate turncoat yeah i thought that was really clever yeah those spider assassin droids were really terrifying to me <laughs> yeah they kind of remind me of the ice spiders from um Man- uh, the mandalorian exactly that's exactly what i was thinking of too that episode yeah. freaked me out Okay, so let's go into the the very last one, the Duchess of Mandalore. So this is where Satine is framed, right? And the Republic, they um, Palpatine tries to get the Republic to take over Mandalore. Um, mm-hmm. Really liked this episode again, exploring more of um, Obi Wan and Satine's relationship and the lengths he'll go to to help her and protect her. I guess just talking a little bit more about a Satine, I I really do like her. I actually can understand her frustration with being forced into this war and trying to remain neutral. Um, I do think I do think it's a little naive to try to stay neutral in a time of war. I think, you know, I just go back to, you know, America during World War Two or right before World right. War Two, trying to stay out of staying out of all of it. I mean, it's impossible. Eventually, at some point, you get involved. Um, but I do understand her frustration. It also um, gives insight into Dan being reluctant to align himself with either the rebellion or the empire. Yes. Because he's, he's a true neutral too. So it's kind of, it was kind of interesting to me that maybe that was something that was imbued in him growing up just to stay out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good discussion as far as, uh, you know, getting involved or not getting involved. Uh, I can, I actually, I can definitely see where you're coming from on that, but you know, we, we've seen and, and you'll see it more in the clone wars and, you know, both the separatist and the Republic, they both, both basically, you know, promise the same things to these, uh, you know, neutral planets, you know, we can offer you protection, almost like a mafia sort of thing, offering protection when really they're just mm-hmm. using them yes. for waypoints for, for resources, you know, and for, for hyperspace jump points and, and other things. So you can, you know, you can definitely understand the reluctance there. Uh, but this is a very important uh, episode. Uh, you'll see the implications of this later on in the uh in the Clone Wars, uh, the later seasons, as well as Rebels and even the Mandalorian. So uh, big stuff planted here as well. It seems like it. Um, so, yeah, no, I, wow. I enjoyed all of these episodes. I was so excited to learn more about Mandalore, and then I end up shipping Obi-Wan and Satine. So I'm heavily <laughs> emotionally in- involved with this relationship now. <laughs> 
Let's see. Next week, we're going to be finishing season two, and we're going to be starting season three, which I've heard very good things about. Yeah, that's where everybody said everybody says just wait till season three, and I'm like, okay, just wait. That's what we're hearing. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, I love the name of your show and this journey that you're going on. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, hold on to your seats because uh, your your minds are going to get blown away for sure. Well, that's what we signed up for, right, Brandy? <laughs> that's exactly right. We're ready. We are ready. Well, uh, Brad, I, I can't thank you enough again for, for coming on to our, our podcast tonight. Um, it was so wonderful having you and just hearing your insight on the Clone Wars and, and Star Wars mm-hmm. in general. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Well, I appreciate you inviting me and uh, letting me come on and rant. Uh, and uh, hopefully I didn't go off on too many tangents, but... Uh, they were good tangents. Uh, again, thank you for... Uh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, giving me, again, uh, a reason to go back and watch The Clone Wars. Uh, you know, after it's been a while, it's like watching for the first time again. Uh, so that was really refreshing. So thank you for that and uh, appreciate this uh, great discussion. We th- we appreciate you, Brad. And again, just uh, welcome to the Red 5 family. And uh, it, you guys are a great addition. And I uh, look forward to more interactions. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much, Brad. Well, everyone, that concludes tonight's episode of A Star Wars Journey with Ashley and Brandy. Please tune in next week as we delve into second half of Season 2 of The Clone Wars and get a little glimpse of Season 3. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, please do so. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as many other platforms. If you have a spare moment, please drop us a review, as we always appreciate what others have to say. And please like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're very active on there, and we'd love to share news and meet other Star Wars nerds like ourselves. Thank you again for listening, and may the Force be with you. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>